president's foreign policy, in my opinion, is formed in part by a perception he has that his magnetism and his charm and his persuasiveness is so compelling that he can sit down with people like Putin and Chavez and, and Ahmadinejad, and, and that they'll find we're such wonderful people that they'll go along with us, and, uh, and that they'll stop doing bad things. And, and it's an extraordinarily naive uh, perception, and it has led to uh, uh, huge errors in, in North Korea, in, in Iraq, uh, obviously in Iran, in Egypt, uh, around the world. Um, my own view is that, that the centerpiece of American foreign policy has to be strength. Everything I do will be calculated to increasing America's strength. When you stand by your allies, you increase your strength. When you attack your allies, you become weaker. When you stand by your principles, you get stronger. When you have a big military that's bigger than anyone else's, you're strong. I want to, when you have a strong economy, you build American strength. For me, everything is about strength. And, and communicating to people what is and is not acceptable. Uh, it's speaking softly but carrying a very, very, very big stick. And this president instead speaks loudly and carries a tiny stick. And, and that, that is, uh, you know, that, that's not the right course for a foreign policy. I, I saw Dr. Kissinger. In, in New York. You're not eating. <laughs> yeah. I'm mesmerized. Yeah. <laughs> He's born in tears. <laughs> I saw Dr. Kissinger. I said to him, uh, how are we perceived around the world? And he said, one word, weak. <laughs> uh, we are weak. And, uh, and that's how this president is perceived. Uh, by our friends and, 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 uh, and unfortunately, by our foes. And, and it's, it's, no, it's no wonder that people like Kim Jong-un, uh, the new leader of North Korea, announces a long-range missile test only a week after he said he wouldn't. Uh, because it's like, what's this president going to do about it? Uh, you know, if you can't, if you can't act, why don't, don't threaten him? Please. Just to follow on the Iran. I'm going to this, by the way. Yes, yeah, I just want to show you how it's done. You take this in your form. <laughs> Put it in. Unthinkable. 
And, and yet, in, in that election, in the Jimmy Carter election, the, the fact that we had hostages in, in, in Iran, I mean, that was all we talked about. And we had the two helicopters crash in the desert. I mean, that's, that, that, was, that was the focus. And so him solving that made all the difference in the world. I'm afraid today, if you said we got Iran to agree to stand down and use their weapon, they go, you know, hold on. It's, it's really a, I, you know, but, but by the way, if, if something of that nature uh, presents itself, I, I will work to find a way to take advantage of the opportunity. Please. Yes. That's your lucky night. More foreign policy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, resolve it imminently. 
Uh, on the other hand, I got a call from a former Secretary of State, and I won't mention which one it was, um, uh, but this individual said to me, uh, uh, you know, I think there's a prospect for for uh, a settlement between the Palestinians and the Israelis uh, after the Palestinian elections. I said, really? And, uh, you know, his answer was, was yes. Uh, I think there's some prospect. And I, and I didn't uh, delve into it, but, you know, I always keep open. I mean, I always keep open the idea, but I, I have to tell you, the idea of pushing on the Israelis to give something up, to give the Palestinians, to get the Palestinians to act is the worst idea in the world. We have done that time and time and time again. It does not work. So, so the, the, the only answer is show strength again, American strength, American resolve, and the Palestinians someday reach a point where they want peace more than we're trying to put force peace on, and then it's worth having the discussions. But till then, it's just uh, it's just wishful thinking. You, know, you guys can.
is to raise millions of dollars because the president is going to have about 800 or 900 million dollars. That, I mean, that's, that's by far the most important thing you can do. Because, well, because you don't, you, you, don't, you don't have the capacity to speak to hundreds of thousands of people. I will be in those debates. There will be, I don't know, 150 million Americans watching. If I do well, it'll help. If I don't, it won't help. You will uh, do we'll, so well. well Your uh, debates are incredible. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, but advertising makes a difference, and the president will engage in a personal uh, character assassination campaign, and uh, and so we'll have to fire back one in defense and number two in offense, and uh, and that's that'll take money. By the way, you'll see the ads here. Florida will be one of those states that um, that is uh, that is the key state, uh, and uh, and so all all the money will get spent in ten states, and this is one of them. So I, the best thing I could ask you to do, I mean, yeah, sure, talk to people and tell them what, well, you know me, and word of mouth makes a big difference. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not terribly well known uh, by the general American public because well, we go through. a rich boy. Yeah. I mean, they say he's a rich man. Don't, but, but don't worry, given all, given all those negative things, given all those negative things, the fact that I'm either tied or close to the president, and the fact that, you know, that he's out there talking about the one-year anniversary of Osama bin Laden being captured, unemployment coming down, unleashing his campaign, new campaign, and we're still sort of tied, that's very interesting. And, and as, as encouraging, please. I would disagree with that. I think a lot of young children coming out of college feel they were let down by the president. They feel that there's not a job out there for them. And they thought they were making 60000 now they're making 30000 You know, very similar to the U6. Yeah, yeah. My question here is, why don't you stick up for yourself? To me, you should be so proud of your wealth. That's what we all aspire to be, kill ourselves. We don't work nine to five. We're away from our families five days. I'm away from my four girls five days in my life. Why not stick up for yourself and say, why is it bad to be a, to aspire to be wealthy and successful? You know, why is it bad to uh, to uh, kill yourself? And why is it bad to cut 30 jobs that protect 300? And when people talk about you cutting jobs, you saved companies that were stripped, that were failing in terms of these jobs. So my question is, when is that?
is his attack of, of one American against another American, the, the, the division of America based on going after those that have been successful. And then I quote Marco Rubio. I tell in my speeches, I say, Marco Rubio, um, did I, I can't remember that I said that. The, I don't know that I said that fundraising event earlier today, but I did when I was in, uh, 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 in where? Exactly. Exactly. I just said, Senator Rubio says that, that when he grew up here, poor, that they looked at people that had a lot of wealth, and his parents never once said, we need some of what they have. They should give us some. Instead, they said, if we work hard and go to school, someday we might be able to have that. That's